Hi, everybody. I'm Dave Bell. Welcome to the Eastern Arizona Courier Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Gila Valley Comic Con. Gila Valley Comic Con is March 27th and 28th on the campus of Eastern Arizona College in Thatcher, Arizona, and brought to you by Valley Telecom and the Quality in Safford. Go to GilaValleyComicCon.com. Uh, my guest today, we're going to talk Comic Con today because my guest is Arturo Garcia. And we are going to talk gaming. Uh, Arturo, Arturo, you did the gaming last year at, at the 2019 convention. Um, what have you got planned for this year? This year, I am planning on... Uh, well, before I go into that, I want to... Um, are you fam- I want to like see if I'm making a parallel to it. By chance, are you familiar with like um, a LAN party? Yes, I am. My my sons, uh, their friends would come over. They'd bring their their. They didn't bring laptops. They brought actual uh, desktops, and yeah. and they would connect them up, and then they would play various games. Well, yeah. Um, back in the day, during like the days of uh, Quake and Doom and all that stuff, back in like the two thousands, two thousand one, there was a convention known as QuakeCon, and one of the big prime things they had there was a BYOC event. Bring your own computer. And what would happen is that you'd be, you'd sign up uh, on this list, bring your own computer, and ju- they would give you a copy of the game right then and there, and you'd actually just play with a whole bunch of people on a massive network with tables set up and uh, everything, just, you know, hand, hand helped to get you playing the game. Now, when you do a LAN party, is that all uh, wireless? Are you going through... Um... Oh, yeah. Yeah. going through Wi-Fi, or are you actually connecting your computers to each other? Well, back then, in those days, they were physically connected because, you know, Wi-Fi wasn't a thing yet. But we're going to be doing uh, just through the Internet, you know, uh, LAN, uh, Wi-Fi signal. So so you want to do a LAN party. Uh, what game do you do you want to do it? Or are you planning to do it at uh, Gila Valley Comic Con? Well, actually, that was to... Uh, you see, the reason why I'm doing this whole thing is to promote a new game that's about to come out, March 20th, Doom Eternal. And it's a celebration. It's going, this uh, event that I designed is going to be a huge promotional stunt for that release and everything. And Doom itself was like one of the very first first-person shooters that promoted community that uh, supports modding or modifications of the game. And so I want to give everybody who's going to be at the event a free copy of that game. That way they can and play it on a modern version known as a source port on their computers. Uh, sadly, because of, um, because of operating systems and things, it's only available for Windows. I think there's a Mac port, but I don't know. Uh, we could always check. So, you know, okay. it's a matter of just looking into it. So, so for those that want to play, uh, they're going to need to sign up so you know how many copies to bring, correct? Exactly. And uh, they're all digital copies. And and bring oh, it's digital. There's there's no uploading. See, this shows how old I am. Oh, yeah. I remember you had to have the CD-ROM and upload it. And, yeah, that okay. was that was pain. Okay, so this is all this is all uh, cloud based. Well, well, not really cloud based. I'm bringing like um, a USB drive. Oh. And then just giving it to people. 
Oh, okay. Or right. at least like a box of USB drives. The game is only about like 120 megabytes. Okay. It's very low limited and very easy to work with. Okay. Uh, they bring uh, their laptops, probably. Yes. I, I'm assuming it'd be easier to bring a laptop than it would to be uh, to bring your 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 yes. desktop. But the thing is, though, we welcome desktops too. Can you do it? All right. Can you do it on your phone or tablet? You could, but there presents a lot of problems with that. I have. Uh, you have to get a custom app that's designed not by anyone um, official. I should have turned that off. <laughs> but yeah, it's um the app for the phone is a little different programming wise for the game itself, so it's it doesn't really mesh well one hundred percent. Okay, so so you really want to bring a laptop? Yeah, or a desktop, like I said. Um, we provide, we will be providing surge protectors. We'll be providing mice to where, you know, people can talk to. We're also looking for a sponsor, uh, so we can actually purchase all the equipment we need. Oh, and we'll give away free mouse pads. Okay. Uh, all right. So that means I have to set up on the website, a a, a sign up. Yeah. For this. We can do that. All right. Uh, that's interesting. So last year it seemed like, um, most of the gaming was RPG, role-playing games. Yeah. Uh, there, there was a lot of people sitting at tables and, and rolling of dice, which is a lot of fun. A lot of people love it. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons, I think, is the most known of RPGs, but there are plenty others, correct? Yeah. And really, the event last year was more of a board game thing. Oh, board games. Okay. I, I saw a few guys playing... Um, oh, yeah. We brought D&D. D&D okay. is definite board game. But it's like one of the biggest board games you can play. I wish I had like more sets and more people playing that game, but we only had about like two tables reserved for D&D, and it was pretty fun. The rest of the other two tables were some of the games I designed myself, which was quite a challenge, but I'm glad that the fans, uh, I got some so much input from it, and the people love it. What we learned from last year uh, putting on the event was we need to give you more space. Oh, yeah. Uh, because you guys, um, the, gaming was hugely popular. And the other thing I learned was uh, gamers don't go anywhere. They play games. Exactly. So uh, so we've we've reconfigured the rooms to get you guys a little more space and light. We'll get you a little more light this year. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, um, so if, if you're into gaming, this is, this is the place to be. Now, uh, there will be board games again, correct? There will be RPGs and now the land i'd like you to go into well, let's go into your background real quick because you're you work with the morency library uh, and handle their <coughs> gaming excuse me no problem Sorry. we're all fighting it we're, we're all dealing with it uh so you work with morency library and handle the gaming for the the library the gaming clubs correct yes so uh what got you started in in getting library patrons into gaming well, really, um, the Morency Library up there doesn't have much to do, or at least you can just play on the computers, and that's pretty much it. So what I wanted to do was give people an opportunity to do things outside their comfort zone with other people publicly. And I wanted to do this in Tucson when I lived up there, but it was very difficult, and I needed to learn a bit more at the time. So once I found out all that stuff and we had to move and end up living here and uh, we were just forced to be in isolation for a few months, a few years. 
It wasn't pleasant. Well, sort of. It was on a farm. Oh, okay. I was going to say, did the family move uh, for the mine? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then um, lived on there for a farm for a bit. And really, I just, we had so much space and not a lot of people there. So I wanted to do something more with people. Just get out there in the field and just have a hands-on experience and, you know, making games. It was really, it's really fun to make a game and everything. Just figure out the logic behind it and stuff and... Well, to make a long story short, I, after we moved from there and went off for our own things, I decided to look up at the library and see what they would do and things like that, see what they offer. And at the time, it was the Marinci Library, not sponsored by the uh, gym. It was just a separate thing at the time. Oh, the community center up in Marinci. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. And... It was actually really interesting what they were going to do with it, and I enjoyed that. Plus, it it was barely, like, you know, setting up and everything, and the gym was pretty cool at the moment it came out and stuff. And if they did great with the gym, I would love to see what they did with the library, and after a few months, they set that up, and I looked at some of the club listings, and at the time... One of the clubs was the Magic the Gathering Club. Oh, okay. The uh, the collectible card game. Yes. All right. Or a trading card game. Okay. And right. it was started by a man. Uh, well, I know him by a personal name, but I, I can't remember it at the moment. Are you talking about the club or the, the game itself? The club. Oh, okay. And it was started, um, darn I know this man's name. He's a and wonderful that, dude. That's okay. Just like forgotten. Just, It'll come back. Yeah. I, it always does. Right at the end. Yeah. That's it. It'll pop in. You go, oh, it's a gym. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, he was a wonderful dude. And he was also my fencing instructor too. Oh, okay. Now I know who you're referring to. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, and he didn't get a lot of people up here to play it. And uh, mostly because of the fact that the library itself was still closed by the time he actually set the club up and everything. And so I wanted to talk to him about seeing about incorporating more games into that kind of thing. You know, bring some uh, Clue, Monopoly, and all that stuff. There's classical board games that you just play and sit with your families and stuff. Have a game night. And uh, he liked it so much that when we actually were fencing and things, he realized that the fencing was taking more time than he normally expected, and so he never got the chance to play Magic the Gathering that much. So instead, he hands me the job for taking care of that club, and immediately I was just, like, thrilled and wonderful, but, uh, you know, just felt wonderful about it, and realized I'm going to do so much more for this club. And under the banner of the Magic the Gathering Club, we just played Magic for, like, a, a huge amount of time. About, like, a year, in fact, or half a year. We had so many people showing up on the daily when the place finally opened up, and it was quite an amazing thing. They're amazing friends, too. They even brought their own custom mats, their own card boxes and everything. They even uh, helped other people to play the game immediately. Back then, it was just EDH, but... You know, it was still fun. It's a version of the game. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was thinking at the time, maybe we can do more with just, uh, you know, board games and card games. 
So I decided to bring something that I was never thought would be a normal thing or an, uh, a video game or at least my PC with a whole bunch of emulators and programs or games on it and then just publicly let the people play it. Right, it's the library. There's no charge. You Every time you come into the library, everything is for public use. Exactly. So I set it up with an emulator, like the, the NES emulator, you know, Nintendo, mm -hmm. and uh, hooked a few controllers to it and let the kids play it for a bit. And at the time, they didn't have uh, AV equipment. Still don't. Uh, well, sort of. But I just, um, yeah, I just brought the equipment. I brought the computer let the kids play it, and they just sat on the couch playing it. It was actually a really wonderful experience and thought, maybe I can do more with this. And because of my inputs and how popular my club was going, uh, they actually brought in TVs for specifically my department. Not only that, but I also at the time was allowed to put games on the computers. And so what I first did was just uh, look up Zandronum. It's a homemade source port designed to play Doom on a modern system without any issues or uh, befuddlements. It even uses OpenGL. It's um, a 3D rendering program system. Pretty interesting stuff. I, you're definitely over my head now. I mean, you, I, you're in the deep end as far as I'm concerned for gaming. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still a Yoshi guy. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just I brought the games over, installed it on every computer... And um, then at the time, about like 2007 or 2017, I set up a huge event called, or another club called the Artemis Bridge Club. And in that game, uh, you're familiar with Star Trek, right? Yes. In that game, we would actually play Artemis Bridge Simulator. And what that game entails is that one person gets a computer or no, at least five people get a computer and one person doesn't. It's the one person's task to guide the other five. So functioning as the captain while the others man the ship. Exactly. Very cool. And it was a wonderful thing. We actually got like uh, 10 people showing up at one time. And because the room was small and only had one projector, we had to set up two teams to do the whole thing together and... It, went, it worked well for a while, but not many people found out about it, and it wasn't really talked about, and, you know, the press wasn't there. I, I, I will say this. We, because we are the newspaper of record for Greenlee County, we do get a fair amount from the Greenlee County Library System, but the Morency Library is not part of the Greenlee County Library System. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that too. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a function of Freeport. Yeah, um, it's... So, uh, it's independently. Yeah. Funded. So, you know, we're happy to get it in when we know about it, but if we're not told, oh, yeah, we can't let the people know. That's why I'm so glad to see uh, gaming at Gila Valley Comic Con because it lets everybody know there are opportunities to game here, not just go to GameStop, buy a game. Not that there's anything wrong with going to GameStop, we don't, we don't mind that. Um, but there are opportunities to game with people here, and there are people who enjoy it. I am going to give Arturo a chance to cough and then take a drink of water and remind everybody that the third annual Gila Valley Comic-Con is March 27th and 28th at Eastern Arizona College. It will feature all the fun you've grown to love, including artists and sketches, 
live action role playing. Yes, we're bringing back the LARPers. In fact, we have a LARPing uh, team here in the Gila Valley now. And that came from last year's uh, Comic-Con. I was surprised when I saw that. Yeah, it was neat. And uh, a group, uh, I was hoping they were going to come in for today's podcast, but they didn't quite make it. Oh. I think they're all playing is what they're doing. Probably. Uh, vendors, collectibles, and of course, cosplay in the popular costume contest. Sign up for the costume contest at GilaValleyComicCon.com. And if you want to book a cosplay photo shoot, go to Stock Photo Fantasy on Facebook. That's Stock photo fantasy uh i can tell you this if you're a cosplayer the one thing you want is a photo a good quality photo or multiple photos of you in the costume that you've worked so hard on and uh we will have a photographer there this year stock photo fantasy is coming in they'll be a first so you're going to be able to book your photo shoots which is neat every every convention i go to there are at least half a dozen photographers doing photo shoots in the halls and outside and not so much in the convention hall area itself, but in the areas around the convention hall. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a lot of fun. And there's going to be gaming. So I'm here with Arturo Garcia. He heads up gaming for Gila Valley Comic Con, does a tremendous job. Uh, like I say, last year, the gamers, I, I'm learning. So, so as, I've, as I've put this convention on now for three years, I'm learning the different segments at a convention. Oh, yeah. When I was a kid, it was all comic books. That's all it was. I I bought my comics. I talked to the writers. I talked to the artists. Talked to the comic book vendors. We're done. That's it. You know, there there really wasn't much of anything else. But now there's toys. Now there are movies. Now there are cosplayers. Now there are gamers. And, And... I'm learning the gamers and the cosplayers don't necessarily interact. The the gamers and the comic book guys don't necessarily interact. Um, the cosplayers and the comic guys don't necessarily interact, even though the comics are the inspiration for the cosplay. But what I have seen is nobody dislikes the other. It's not like, well, those are the gamers. We don't talk to them. No, we'll talk to them. We're going to have a good time. We're going to see what they do, and we're going to laugh and joke and... Yeah, okay, we're not necessarily going to do what they're doing. Yeah. But but boy, it's really neat that they're all doing that. I I've noticed that there's a real sense of camaraderie amongst people that go to these these events. Even though they don't like I say they don't interact, but there's no dismissiveness. It would is that fair to say? Cuz your guys stayed right at the tables. You see the whole thing about that is called like um nerddom or nerd memorabilia or just that kind of thing. It's all based on like, um, you see back in the day, geeks and nerds were considered insults. And these normal people realized that that's not really a true thing. And so now they're embracing it to be something more positive than it was given back in the eighties and early nineties and stuff. And I don't want to hear you talk about back in the day in the 80s. I went to conventions in like 1973. Oh, yeah. Those are different. Those are really different. <laughs> That's when it was really just comics. Yeah. We didn't have... Or TV. Star Trek. Yeah, or Star Trek. But they didn't... Comics and Star Trek stayed kind of separate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, although the comic guys liked Star Trek, the conventions were definitely separate. They weren't... Yeah. They didn't dovetail. Now they do. Now, you know, we see Star Wars guys at the comic convention or, you know, Marvel guys at... Uh, was it Star Wars Fan Fest? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, for, I forget what 
the Star Wars one is called. I think it's Fan Fest. Um, yeah, that it just all blends. You're right. Nerd nerds have united. Exactly, and I love the. It's it basically it's all for the sake of the medium that we love and enjoy. The things that bring us inspiration, that uh, it promote us ourselves to go be above and beyond and be just like our heroes, which are you know characters from a fictional media. It's kind of neat to watch how things like leap from media to media. So it started with the comics in 1938, Superman, you know, bursts onto the scene. Then there are TV shows. Then there are video games. Then, then there you got are... the tech guys with the whole uh, computer programs and video games itself and right. consoles. And, and yeah, everybody who's programming is, they like one of those things. They either like to play D&D or... Or game, well, if they're programming games, they love gaming. I mean, that's that's almost a given. Oh, yeah. Um, but they, they'll go to the Star Wars movies. They'll pick up comics. They'll have toys on their on their office uh, shelves. It, yeah, it just seems like it's it's all coming together. And, and so it's fun to watch. It's, it's fun to watch. And the other thing I really enjoyed watching um, with, with your group, the gaming group, was, <clears throat> excuse me, was um, the the wide range of people. Yeah. So you had uh, some players that were 10. You had some players that were 50. Uh, you had men. You had women. You had couples. You had singles. It's just kind of fun to watch. And again, doesn't matter as long as you can play the game. Yeah, that's the cool thing about games itself and just, you know, the whole entire idea behind it. It's... It transcends age, it transcends genre, it, is, it transcends everything. It's like a state of being that just make, to promotes well-being and com- camaraderie. And it's, it's a wonderful thing, really. It's hard to describe. There's like tons of psychological papers behind it and things like that, but for the most matter, it's, you just, it just comes naturally. So I have to ask, now this is a tough question, and, and you're not certainly not a psychologist, but games always get... They always seem to get blamed when things go wrong, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, We have a shooting every other week, and it's all these violent video games. Well, you've played first-person shooters. I've I've played them. Mind you, they were in an arcade when I was younger. Neither of us shoot up places. You know, obviously, there's there's a, a psychological issue with the particular shooter. But why is it games that get Games and films that seem to get targeted, is it just scapegoating or is it that they don't understand what you guys, what your community is doing? Well, actually, um, this is a really cool thing. I've researched this dozens and dozens of times. And for the most part, um, you're from the 70s, right? I am. Do you remember how it was like with rock music? I do. When it first came out? Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you, Black Sabbath caused at least two deaths that I'm aware of, and Judas Priest got sued for one death. Yeah. One, but they did. It's because a lot of the majority at the time, uh, just simple, ordinary people who were kind of, uh, you know, all peaceable and things like that, see something new, and immediately they have to demonize it in some way because it's not something that's normal to them. And because of that, we get this sort of disconnect and it kind of just balloons out of control and people accuse the medium itself rather than just simply accusing the people behind it. So are we looking at maybe a generation away from this 
going away because my generation played video games in arcades. My children's generation, your generation, grew up with video games. I don't believe it's going to go away. You don't? Okay. Because, I, I mean... it's. Um... We but see the acceptance of nerd culture. We see the acceptance of, for example, tattoos in the business world, which 15 years ago, you couldn't get a job if you had a showing tat- if a, sh- a tattoo showed. Yeah. Um, now it's, of course it's acceptable. It's just a tattoo. It's no big deal. Um, that's why I wonder if we're a generation away from, of course it's just a video game. Stop it. It's no big deal. Oh, well, technically we're doing that now, actually. Um, are you familiar with the Columbine Massacre? Yes. Okay, so when that happened, a lot of people were quick to blaming Doom. Yes. Because it was a brand new game and it was a first-person shooter that just had you kill demons. And for a lot of Christian fundamental groups, they didn't think that that sort of thing was a promoting idea. They just took it for face value as you basically going around killing someone and kind of just went all crazy like that. But for the most part... I don't see it going away because that's technically our flight and fight response. If we get rid of that, it's going to kind of mess us up a little bit psychologically. Or at least that's what the videos that I've researched and stuff say. And all the papers that go behind it. Okay. It's, I, t- I do a lot of researching. But, but, but diminishing. We're not seeing it as much. Oh, yeah. You're definitely diminishing in some capacity. All right. In Wait. fact, what helps for the most part are these Comic-Cons. Or just embracing the media itself. An example is that um, when the Columbine Massacre broke, what happened uh, was those two kids, one of them was actually a huge modder or modification guy who designed a lot of levels and geometry for those particular games. As soon as he started doing that, he started getting a lot of backlash and from his, you know, his impeers and stuff like that, but not from the gaming community. And so it kind of pushed him over the edge and caused the accident. But um, as soon as he did the event, a lot of the people behind who were actually, like, helping him and stuff decided to just hide away his equipment and stuff because you don't really want to play, like, a school level or things like that. Right. And so everybody just kind of pushed that away, or at least the community he was a part of saw what he was trying to do and tried to push him into the right direction to not kill. And sadly, it just failed through. And nowadays, because there's more of a prevalence and more of an open thing to people, there's a lot more people willing to actually go in and see your problems and help you out in some way. And that's what's wonderful about the nerd community because they do that. They, If you see someone who's, who's having an issue or things like that, you want to go help them, you know. It's the right thing to do. I, I've I've seen it with uh, I see it notably with cosplayers. Somebody will break something on their costume, and four people in the in the contest come over and say, "How can I help?" Exactly. You or know? or they'll bring like a spray can or something. Yeah, I got a sewing with, uh, kit. What what can we do? You exactly. Know? Um, so yeah, you're right. All right. So it, what's the name of the game that's going to debut at Gila Valley Comic Con again? Doom. So Doom, but you you said it was a different. Um, oh yeah, this is the original release back from 1995. Okay, all right, but with mods. Oh well, really with one mod. It's um, okay. called Sigil. It's a modification made by the maker himself, John Romero, and uh, it's just a simple extra chapter for the first game. Oh okay, all right. We'll be playing some of the levels in that game, and he designed it really well. He's a wonderful programmer. 
So this is an opportunity for, for anybody who's never played to, to get a taste of it. Exactly. With support from people who know the game. Uh, if you played it, it's a chance to play maybe a different uh, uh, level that you've never seen before. Oh, yes. Uh, so it's, it's a little something for everybody. Yep. And it includes uh, a special um, set of like songs for it, too. They, uh, you can buy it for like $6 on the internet. By an artist known as Buckethead, really cool guy. Oh, Buckethead, uh, guitarist, didn't he uh, take over for Slash in Guns N' Roses? Yes. He also wrote the music for this mod. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, thanks to Romero. But there's also another uh, MIDI artist who designed an entire track to make to mimic old school Doom, and he designed it too. So it's like a co- cooperation between two versions. We're going to be doing just a simple MIDI version. I... If you wish to purchase the mod, you can just go online and purchase it. All right. It's quite easy. Cool. And there'll be uh, board games. There'll be... Um, uh, Ooh, yes. I also wanted to talk to you about that. Cause All right. I have a great idea. If it's possible, uh, we hope to get like a couch and a... I'm going to bring some monitors, like two of them. One in an arcade cabinet, which I'm bringing, with a custom game and everything for like a penny or a quarter. And then the other one is going to be a Smash Brothers event. Oh, okay. Where four people could just basically play Smash Brothers on an N64. All right. Yes. Uh, yes. Don't. That will be there. So, all right. So we've got video games. We've got uh, computer games. We've got board games, uh, role-playing games. Uh, boy, this it, it may become GamerCon. No, that's, that's in Phoenix. We can't yeah. call it GamerCon, but we'll... There's definitely enough gaming at Hilo Valley Comic Con. Arturo, thank you so much for being here, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. This has been fun. This has been fun. I am looking forward to all the gaming that's going to be at Hilo Valley Comic Con. And remind you, this podcast was brought to you by Hilo Valley Comic Con, March 27th, 28th, on the Thatcher, Arizona campus of Eastern Arizona College. And Hilo Valley Comic Con is brought to you by Valley Telecom, quality in Safford. Get more information at HilaValleyComicCon.com. That's HilaValleyComicCon.com. HilaValleyComicCon.com. For the Eastern Arizona Courier, I'm David Bell. Thank you all for listening. We will talk to you later.